Hello and welcome to another episode of On The Topic. This week I've got the tinfoil hat back out, firmly in place, as I start scouring the internet for fake AI profiles. I'm Alex. And I'm being fed artificial intelligence on my Facebook by artificial intelligence. I'm Dan. And yeah, this week we are talking about all things dead internet. Uh, but that's not just a dead internet theory, which is a, it's an interesting theory, and we're not talking about necessarily conspiracy theories, or there's aspects, I'm not sure if you've read internet, Dan. And again, listen, by the way, we haven't shared notes, right. so we'll we'll learn together as a, as a community as we go. But no, we're, um, we're also talking about um, uh, chat GPT and how influential or, or troublesome it might be. Mm. Uh, we talk about um, AI art. You've got some bits on yes. that. Yes. Um, I've got stuff on deep fakes and bot users uh, and also the inversion point. And hopefully some tips to navigate yourself around this stuff and spot what is actually fake. Nothing like a good public service announcement here from On The Topic podcast. Mm, always learning with us. Indeed. But before we get into that, Dan, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we've um, we've been uh, on air. What's been up to? Anything exciting? Anything you want to share with us? Uh, what have I been up to? Well, uh, let's have a think. Watched a couple of films. Uh, so last week I watched Boss Level, which stars yes. Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts. Quite a good film, actually, Alex. Very mm. much enjoyed. Um, um, bit gruesome. Yeah, because I guess he it's dies over and over. It's almost weirdly comedic. Okay, it shouldn't it's, be. It's quite dark comedy, isn't it? I guess at points. Yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, every time he dies. His day starts again from the same point. But he remembers. But he remembers. So it's almost like a computer game, I suppose. Yeah. It's like when you die, oh, well, I've learned how to do it now. It's, it's very much like that. And there is progression. You know, you don't always have to see that same start to the film over and over. So every now and again, it'll sort of like just fast forward to the certain point that you've got to. Yeah. And then it sort of carries that story on. It is really good. I recommend it. You can get it on, on Amazon Prime. Okay. And this week I watched Shooter, starring um, Mark Wahlberg. That's it, Mark yeah, Wahlberg. that's one of my favourites. In fact, I, I remember spending um, many a hungover morning during my first year of university watching that. It's, I think, it's underrated. They did a Netflix mm. spin-off TV series. Have you watched that? No, but now you've uh, piqued some interest. Um, who's that guy, Ryan? Oh. It was in the, the 90s teen programs. You're going to have to Google it, Dan. Yeah. Use your, well, aptly Google um, the shooter um, Netflix TV series. It's going to come to me. He was a heartthrob in the 90s. Um, it's not terribly good because they're trying to flesh out what I think is a very fine and aptly appropriate two hours, 210 Ryan film Phillip. time. Ryan Phillip, that's the one. Philippe. Um, uh, and he's okay in it, but as I say, it's not. Re- they've kind of dragged it out. The film is really good. Um, it's a nice political thriller. Yeah. Um, they've clearly employed some some very knowledgeable people to, to kind of tell you about ballistics and uh, and they know their weaponry. And it's. I think it's a really good story. I think it's oh, really it's well really run. Good. Really well I mean, done. it starts off with Mark Wahlberg essentially getting set up, and then he's on the run. It's almost like um, that um, Harrison Ford film. The Fugitive. The Fugitive. It's very good. Yeah, I agree. It's very gritty as well in places. You know, you've seen people get shot and then you get that burst of blood. And, yeah. Oh, so and it good. has a very satisfying payoff at the end, doesn't it? Yeah. I think if we ever revisit 
uh, a volume to a favourite Naughty's film. That probably will. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually, yeah. Uh, what else went up to? Uh, supports of Comic-Con's coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I shared some news of you yesterday, and you were like, what? Yeah, there was a, a, a shocked face reaction on WhatsApp. I've bought some spandex. I'm going to be going as Spider-Man. Glad you said that, yeah. Yeah. Um, not too sure if we're sharing the right conversation there, but no. okay. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not going as a gimp. Oh, no, no, no. Well, never say never, Dan. Well, no. There's one in uh, Pulp Fiction. There was, and I, if I remember rightly, Bruce fucked him up with a samurai sword. Uh yeah, I think he yeah. It was him. No, he did, and then he handed it over to um the other guy who had been given was it the ball in his mouth and then he mm. like finished the other guy off, the policeman. Yeah. Uh brilliant film. That's in our favourite nineties films? Or fav yeah, it wasn't our favourite yeah. movies. Favourite nineties films. Yeah. Oh, it's an amazing film. Oh, another volume two. Indeed. But yes, you're um you're not doing that. You're you're wearing a Spider-Man outfit. Wearing a Spider-Man outfit. Very cool. Um, costs a few bob. So I mean, it's got proper shoes built in. It's got the the face shell lenses. It's got a crotch zip. You know, you're gonna be a con for these a are, while. These are practicalities. You know, all yeah. that beer. It's got to go somewhere. But you you showed me. It's fully fitted, right? Yes. So yeah. this is new to me by as well, listener. So I won't ask too many questions, Dan, because you'll share with us. But you go onto the website and you you basically the bespoke creative for you, you right? You. I mean, you can just you can buy like the generic size, yeah, yeah, so sure. small, medium, large, but you can also get it built to fit your body. So we did our measurements. You know, I got my all in inches. You said we. Oh, I got my missus to help me, so she hasn't actually oh. got a costume herself. I was going to say, did you not go a, a ghost spider version or Gwen? No, That's I did try true. and convince her to try because they did a Captain Marvel costume as well. Oh which yeah, was quite cool, but. She, she didn't fancy it she didn't fancy it It, I say it is a lot of money it is I did um, it's an investment maybe I sold my drone um, recently because it just wasn't getting used it needed a good home and um, yeah got a suit instead yes I got that Uh, also went on the My Dog Size treasure hunt at the weekend so at the time of recording Easter weekend he was celebrating 20 years as a local artist Mm -hmm. very renowned up and down the country and possibly around the world as well he's got like 92,000 followers uh, sadly, didn't find anything. Boo. No. It's quite sad, really, because I genuinely thought um, his intentions were actually quite well thought out. You know, he said, like, if you find a small bit of treasure, but then you find a large bit, swap it over so someone else can find it. Um, oh, so different, differing sizes. This yeah, is- so he had about 600 coins, and he had, like, prints and art that he'd done himself. He did some stones where he painted a water droplet on it. It's very intricate. Okay throwing stuff around he had a team of people out planting these things and I missed out on three coins on Saturday by mere minutes and it's quite sad because you see the greed sort of take over in people because that wasn't his intention he wanted people to go out enjoy the city you know look around you're not down on your phone for these clues just try and find things and look around you yeah 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 and that just seemed to get lost on people which is a shame um but keep an eye out on uh, on eBay, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to sell that stuff on eBay, then quite frankly, you're a dickhead. Don't profit on someone else's art, That's in right. my opinion, which is brutal. But, I mean, he did the right thing, I think, yesterday, where he didn't post up any clues at all. He put the rest of the treasure out. And he said, right, that's it. You, I mean, you. my message was quite clear. I'm not going to give you any clues today. You just go out, you enjoy the city, because we li- we do. We live in a beautiful yeah. city. We've got a lot around us. And just to 
have a good time. And hopefully people did. I hope so. It was it was nice to sort of see um, people finding stuff, you know, especially kids, where you could sort of see them quite happy. So I was walking back from the seafront on Saturday and we clocked two lads, only in their teens, and they'd found one of his £20 note prints. Oh, cool. Uh, and I sort of looked closer and went, ah, oh, chick. Call my girlfriend chick. And... Um, they found one of those prints and I was like, oh, lads, well done. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. But no, unfortunately, there were some people out there who were mm. just monsters and he did sort of post a, um, a comment that he got from someone where this mum and a kid must have gone out and they got abused by someone. And and that is why, listener, we can't have nice things in the no. world. No, but hey, in, in the round, it sounds like it was a, a good worthwhile cause and a lot of people had fun. Yeah, sadly, there are a minority that's, that ruin it for people, but I hope it didn't ruin everyone's experiences like that. And so I genuinely think it was a good thing for him to do, to celebrate yeah. 20 years as an artist in his home city. And uh, yeah, just a, sort of a bit of a shit sandwich, that wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But no, that's it really, Alex. That's all I've really been up to. Um, otherwise, got the London Marathon and Belfast Marathon coming up at the end of the month. I won't be running it. Yeah, let's My missus so. will be, but I'll, <laughs> I'll get to enjoy Spectating. the sights of London and Belfast. Lovely. What about yourself? Um, just enjoying family life at the moment. It's holiday season uh, here in the UK at time of recording. Um, just had a, a short trip away to Rome. So um, the lovely Italian capital. Mm, I saw your story. You were on a Segway going yes, around. Yes, on the old Segas. Looked like the scenes from Jurassic World Dominion where the two carnivores literally eat someone. We talked about that, didn't Malta. we? Malta, yeah. That was a very odd scene. But anyway. <laughs> we um, digress again. No, no, I um, yeah, I got on the old Segway. Um, we've done it before in the city, but it was a different part of the city now. And yeah, they, they're very relaxed with Segways. Over in here, they're just in the UK anyway they're still illegal mm. you can't ride them on public domain whereas in, in Italy at least anyway you can ride them anyway yeah. I guess as long as you have someone who's got a license or something you don't need to have a provisional you don't have to do it in certain areas city you can go wherever so there's, there's four of us being led by this uh, wonderfully knowledgeable um, uh, guy and he's, he's showing us the sights and sounds of Rome and we're going in around piazzas and down street lanes and into um, uh, into parks and on the road, gnarly with the Italian traffic and Italian driving. But no, it's really good fun. Uh, so that's really good. Lovely coffee, tiramisu. Oh, lovely. Pasta, pizza, <clears throat> you name it, it was lovely. So yeah, really good. Um, back to reality, Dan. Yeah. That's not a bad thing, because actually this week we are talking... See what I did there? Uh, we're not just talking about uh, our reality, we're talking about perceived reality, mm. at least online. And we talk about the dead internet, as I yeah. mentioned before, uh, about 10 minutes ago. And, um, well, do you dive in? Yep. Talk about what it is? I've got an intro. Tell us. Today, we're going to be exploring a thought-provoking topic that affects all of us who rely on the internet, the dead internet theory. Essentially, this theory suggests that the internet, as we know it, could collapse due to a variety of factors, leaving us without access to the vast amount of information and connectivity we currently enjoy. As content creators and podcasters, we're particularly interested in how much 
an event could impact our ability to reach our audiences and share our ideas. And beyond that, the dead internet theory raises important questions about our dependence on technology, the role of the internet in society, and what we can do to protect against potential threats. So stick around and let's dive in to this intriguing topic together. Now, as you can tell, that's not our usual introduction. It's not. That was written by ChatGPT. In, what, under 30 seconds or something? Very much. I'd say, I'd type to say, can you write an intro for this podcast about the dead internet theory? And that's what it did. The it, irony that I've used yeah. artificial intelligence to talk about artificial intelligence. I know. Takes it's, the joy out of it a little bit. It's inception. And I guess that's kind of the gist of, of what we're talking about today. Um, and it's just about how much of the internet actually is human curated mm. you know we contribute to, to internet content by this very podcast uh, and by our YouTube channel and by our blog but there's the, the argument to say that soon if not already there's an inflection point which actually we are now the minority of internet content creators mm. and the majority is AI Yes, and I think like any good conspiracy theory, there are elements of truth sort of peppered through this one. I agree, yeah. And when, I, I, I just at the, at the top of the um, the episode say about how I'm getting my tinfoil hat and that people have gone too far to say actually to what end or to what means does the dead internet theory, kind of who does it service and who benefits from that. Mm. Now we will talk about it, but actually, as you, as you say, Dan, I think there is some truth in here. So whilst it may be in our, you know, our, our rabbit hole, as I call it on YouTube, yeah. as a playlist, a rabbit hole kind of set of, of, of videos and episodes, this actually is now, you know, and ironically, it's probably AI content that's driving the conversation. But I don't know about you, Dan, but I'm seeing an awful lot of conversation that's about AI on the mm. internet and about what does that mean for us as content creators and authenticity of stuff we see and are we consuming the right things? And actually, do we know what we're consuming? What I kind of quite find fascinating is that a lot of algorithms are driven by AI. Mm -hmm. So what happens is it will feed you what you want to see. But then what might happen? It will start to feed you other things you want to see, but take that out. Yeah. And then later on, it will go, ah, do you know what? I haven't given Dan this for a while. I'm going to put it back into his cycle of things he wants to see it's quite fascinating I think I saw that on a Netflix documentary I can't remember what it was called right. but um, yeah because I will talk about that specifically when we talk about the um, the inversion point and actually what that means for Google specifically who are are struggling to identify um, and specifically with algorithms um, but yeah effectively Dan it's as you said and there's some people that believe that this inversion point was about six years ago so there's a train mm. of thought that says that actually this has already happened and the inversion point is a balance between human content creators, the authentic stuff, versus the AI. Um, and that's where you get the, the, the concept of dead internet. It's not living, it's not created by me or you or, no. or, or you the listener. It's by AI, generating AI for AI yeah. recipients. It's quite fascinating. Um, 
there's a guy called Tim- Timothy Shoup from the Copenhagen Institute for Future Studies. That actually, he he says no, actually we're not there yet, but by 2025 and 26, he he said that nearly 99% of the internet will be generated by artificial intelligence. Now, I think that's a little bit too high, mm. personally, because you don't just get rid of seven point whatever billion people in the world. Um, I'm not saying that all those seven point whatever billion people have access to the internet, but if we say conservatively, maybe what three million, uh, three billion do, they don't just disappear. This is not a Thanos endgame, in- <laughs> you know, instance. So we're still going to be there interacting with it and creating stuff because yeah. we have a need as human beings to create and to share. But nonetheless, he reckons it, it is still going to be quite high, and that there is some, um, obviously, some, as you say about the algorithms, there are some real challenges with what decisions they make for us because as you say the traffic we will seek out content but traffic could also be directed to us and we are Mm. dependent on those tools to give us the right stuff that we think we want or need yeah um in comparison i mean a recent report by security company barracuda networks they think that only 30 percent or 36 percent of all internet traffic is human so there's varying amounts, but they all kind of agree that there's a large percentage of bot-run AI content. Oh, so annoying. So do you get bots on Instagram? I, mean, I know we get them sort of post on our content all the time. Well, this is what I've got in my notes down, because you, you haven't got to look very far to actually see bot users. No. So yes, on our you've kindly blocked them <laughs> uh, on our comments because it got annoying when they say, oh... Great, great episode. Go have a look here for more content. Yeah. So will... DM for a share on, blah, blah, blah. No, thank you. And it's You're not quite clever on Instagram. So you can go into your settings, go to your privacy. You can sort of, you can put in like phrases which will remove every time something oh, okay. like that comes in. Yeah. So if you like type in DM on and then save it, that, con- that comment will then disappear. Ah. But the other thing that I find annoying is that my Instagram, my personal Instagram is private. And or I'll so you s- think. Well, hopefully. Yes. But it just means no randomer can just follow me. They, I have to approve it first. Yeah. And recently, I seem to get like six, seven, eight, it's usually women, following me every day or try oi, to. Oi. And it's just like the, the generic stuff of, oh, hey, cutie, follow me and click this link. Ooh. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Don't click on that link. you're not real. You're a bot. Get in the sea. Or you're passing up all of these um, these ladies. Drives my gears. Well, I don't... You're on the market, Dan. I'm not on the market. They should know better. They should know to this, better. This, this, this podcast. Um, yeah, well, there's that. But also, um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, there's those really questionable adverts. On, specifically, I noticed on Facebook, but on Instagram, mm. and no doubt they're in other platforms. Uh, but they're selling something that looks too good to be true. I'm not yes. sure if you've seen those, what I mean. They're usually a gadget of some description. Um, uh, light sensors, I'm not sure if you've seen those, where you, you, you can fit them anywhere. Maybe it's targeting me, it is targeting me. Or um, like smart watches or mm. um, emulator consoles, have you seen those? Uh, and you yeah, look yeah. through and you go, oh, only you know, £50 or thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, you're like, you're that sounds about. really good. It emulates PS1, PS2, N64, Dreamcast. Like, that's amazing. And you look and go... That that's too good to be true. With the internet, aptly assuming we're to the point where we don't know that, but at the minute, it's still you still kind of get a feel for whether it's legit. And you go, mm. that if I spend money, I'm not getting anything back in return, and probably I'm going to get my 
bank account rinsed. It's one of those things. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and if you look at the comments, some of them are overly positive. They could say, well, they're human beings who work for the company or paid for to give them a, yeah, this product's amazing. I received yeah, it in yeah. 10 working days and it's the best thing ever. And I bought five for my family. And like, yeah, did you really, you know, like... Of course you did, beard. Yeah, like it's just, it's just not a thing. But you look at some of them and you go, I think that's a bot. Mm. Because there's similar phrases like, this is so great. Um, I'm going to share with all my friends. Or you see a couple of those comments dotted in the comments threads you're like that's that's categorically not real but people can be obviously you know fed in to think that it's a genuine comment or a verified purchase Mm. and it's not and then people go oh there's no negatives on here no one's complaining and everyone's saying it's great it's got to be great i'll purchase well that bot that bot account user who's churned out a positive review that's cost nothing for that company or that influencer business whatever you want to call them but that has generated revenue Mm. and this is where it becomes a really challenging situation online to actually know what is legitimate people are sharing their positive experiences or conversely negative i'm sure Mm. it's been used for nefarious means where people have wanted to sink competition and actually flood the competition with negative reviews non-verified to point them to the, the, the competition um and these days, you just cannot rely upon whether or not what you're reading is correct or whether other people have got actual verified, correct shared experiences. Yeah. So at the start of the episode, I sort of mentioned I bought a Spider-Man costume, proper cosplay stuff. It's a minefield, okay? So I went on to sort of several websites and you start to look at reviews. So, and you can sort of tell when something isn't quite as genuine. Yeah. It's not personable. You can sort of tell it's a little bit fake. And because it's such a minefield like that, I had to go and reach out to friends who have done cosplay. Because this is the first I've dressed up as Spider-Man in a proper costume. You know, you want to get something that's going to be good and you want it to be real, you want it to be genuine. So I reached out to my friends and they said, oh, well, if you go to this website, you know, we all use it. It's, it's good. So you sort of need that positive word of mouth from people you know. And that's the key, is people that you know. Um, and that's, I don't know whether post-COVID is a thing, but that, that could be quite challenging. Mm. You know, creating new relationships, I don't think they're, they're as easy anymore, um, given the last couple of years that we've had. And how else are you going to be able to verify what you're looking for? And it's it's a real challenge. And if you think about all of the various different bot bot accounts out there, it's it all contributes to the concept of actually... If the traffic's been driven by AI content and peddled by AI users, who's benefiting from it? Mm. None of it's real. And it's being landed and pointed to other accounts that are not real. As you say, like it's kind of like an AI inception, isn't yeah. it, really? Uh, I mean, talking about content, I'll talk a little bit about AI art. <laughs> It's quite a fascinating thing to sort of go go down. So there's a recent surge in popularity of AI art, where open source AI software recently allowed users to edit real faces while generating art. So yes. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, because I think you've got something, just sort of notes on your notes about deep fakes. I always uh, look at my notes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I, haven't, I can't see anything else, Alex, because my eyes are shot. That's it. That's yeah. all I could see. You need your glasses. I do. 
Uh, it not only makes an existing deepfake problem potentially worse, because it disadvantages artists by easily and arguably dishonestly generating a craft that takes years to learn. Yeah. Because when you look at some of the stuff on YouTube, some of the deepfake stuff that people actually do is better than some of the deepfake stuff people do in actual studios. Yes. It's quite phenomenal. It is. Because I think I saw someone do a young Luke Skywalker after Mandalorian Season 2, and it was better than yeah. what I was watching on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. More recently, so this is more interesting, we're now going to dive into music a little bit. Hmm. Music producers have expressed concern about AI music generators threatening the music industry itself. I mean, it's already on its arse because of illegal downloading. A lot of artists now have to make their money by going out on the road, selling merch and playing gigs. Because they get bugger all from the streaming services, don't they? Like, Oh, Spotify is one of the worst. Yeah, it gives nothing to to any of the record companies or the... Um, well, the record companies, let's face it, they're all the taking the money and they give a cut mm. to the to the artists. But yeah, they don't get hardly anything, do they? And they get no. millions upon millions of streams. Because when an, an album is sold, this is something I learned when I was at college, when I did music, the label gets a massive chunk of the money and then the rest gets divvied out to other people. So, you know, the producers, the engineers, and then by the time the artist sees a bit of money, it's not a great deal. Which ironically, without them probably would never have happened because they've no. got either the talent or the ingenuity and the creativity which is why you get I know a bit of a tangent but you get Taylor Swift re-recording some of her older stuff but with a slight spin on it to get around mm. Scooter Braun purchasing her whole back catalogue which yeah. she hardly sees any revenue at all from yeah so four years strong uh, one of my favourite pop punk rock bands sorry my phone's buzzing um they re-recorded one of their first major albums and re-released it because they couldn't get their hands on the rights to that original album. Right. Which is mad. Mm. But actually, the re-recorded version was a hell of a lot better because some 13 years on, you know, technology's better. Yeah, and they've got experience and perhaps have a different different view on things. Mm. But it, yeah, it's just interesting how um, already... No one really makes an awful lot of money from music apart from the big companies that no. can bankroll it. Unless you're a big band that can afford to go independent and just sell yeah. stuff yourself. But it's quite rare you see that. I oh, know Angels and Airwaves did it for a while, but then they went to Rise Records. But hey, there's obviously something in it from somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, interesting that AI can actually threaten the music industry itself, even though it's already sort of on its ass, as we've sort of discussed. AI has even entered literature. Yes. Uh, with a book of poetry having entered bookstores already. Now, if anyone's interested, it is called Artificial Intelligence Penned Groundbreaking Sci-Fi Poetry Collection by Montreal author Bob Pellerin. Uh, a machine screenwriter named Benjamin has already written and released its debut film. What? Yeah. There are even robot journalists who have begun to churn basic news stories much faster. Mm. Which is quite scary, because again, you're sort of taking the job away from actual news writers. Yeah, people who are scouring all news sources to, to bring you the, the stories as, a, as they break. And actually, why would you need to? You can just get a, mm. a, a bot to sniff out the internet and tell you more quicker. I guess the challenge is if what is being fed on the internet in itself 
it's incorrect. How does that AI know that that's valid? Yeah. And it doesn't start to report on things that perhaps have been created by counter bot intelligence. Yeah. It's quite scary. It is. How is it picking this stuff up if it's not already out there? Exactly. So, in theory, you, you, it could almost just make something up to sort of mislead you. And this is where you grab your tin for hat. But yes, yeah, no, essentially. Um, and if you if you're in a state where perhaps you don't have free media, and there is the argument, of course, say so no one has free media in these days. But if you're in certain countries that don't have access to um, independent journalism, should mm. I say? Um, that's a real problem. Just going to put a disclaimer in as well before I read this next bit out. Uh-oh. We're we're not dead. And we're certainly not artificial intelligence. This is we are very much real. Speak for yourself. And alive. But there are AI podcasts that let us converse with dead people. I mean, this is starting to sound like that yeah. series on Disney Plus Extraordinary, where one of our, one of the characters can bring dead people into her body and yes. have channel the dead. It's a bit weird. Do we do we need that? Some people might think they do, but I mean, uh, I can't speak for for what people need. But I don't think any good can come from that. No, there's a place. I think it's it's got to be Japan. I'm sure it was in Japan. I think I know where you're going with this. Have you? I think you've probably seen this as well. There was a place where you can sort of record conversations. It costs a few thousand, for what I can remember. Mm. So when you inevitably die your relatives can go see you alive and have actual conversations with you. Yeah. It was just a little bit weird. And again, I don't know if there's any need for that sort of artificial intelligence. No. Because surely you'd want to... I mean, this is my personal thoughts. I'd rather remember that person in that sort of... that I suppose in their life, you know, while they're alive. I don't want to go and see them... As a hologram, no, because you you you're known verbally and they're not real. So then, would that not kind of overwrite your your natural memories of them? In I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly. It's not for me. It might be for some people that listen to this, but and it can help people grieve. I understand it, but I I don't think it's a particularly good way of continuing someone's memory. Yeah, but I mean each to their own, right? Uh, but it's not just the tangible aspects of content that we can see, hear, or interact with. And of course, as we mentioned, algorithms are influenced by AI too, and they determine who and what we get to interact with online. Yeah. Uh, even the systems designed to root out AI-generated content that's misleading, well, you guessed it, uses AI, mm. which is quite quite scary. <laughs> I suppose this is a nice little segue into talking about deepfake because recently I shared an image on our socials of Boris Johnson getting arrested, which is fake. You can't tell whether it's real or it looks genuine. Yeah, which is very scary. Like it's got like the billowing like blonde hair. Yeah, and he's got the shock on his face. He's got the coppers like, manhandling him. him. It's like three or four of them. It is. Insane. It looks like it's on a street of like posh London as well. I mean, arguably, you could say it's eighteen months too late, and actually, that should have happened. But anyway, we won't get into politics here on uh, no. on uh, on the topic. But yeah, it's it's 
it's quite shocking just how easy that was created. I don't think anyone bought into it because I think it, it went out. I think the article he shared with me went out saying, mm. look at how, you know, um, duplicitous it is and how, you know, it's very easy to, to, to con people. But it's it's a great picture. It just proves the point, you know, so perfectly. And I guess it's on the topic of deep fakes. I mean, have you seen... Um, the account on YouTube called Fake Keanu. No. Have you not? No. Oh, damn. Um, perhaps a listener has this, but um, it's a perfect example of how we're seeing users being um, uh, manipulated or their data is being used um, to gain followers through through traffic. Um, so Unreal Keanu or Unreal underscore Keanu has become hugely popular on, uh, well, I see on Reels and Instagram. Um it's also on um, on TikTok, and he's got 440 million views so far. And Dan's looking as we speak. And no way. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, this guy is doing funny things around the house. He's to music. He's mute. So he doesn't say anything because I guess he hasn't generated his voice. Um, and Keanu's not really saying awful lot these days, anyway, in films. Because um, it's all about the face expressions. And um, uh, and they're great. They they they're humorous. He literally um, has deep faked his face, and it looks spot on. I 100%. would genuinely believe that was Keanu Reeves. And the, the guy's got his his body shape and dresses like him. Um, and for all intents and purposes, you, if you didn't seek him out and just came across, you go, "That's Keanu Reeves," and he's you know he's fooling around on social media. But in actual fact, it's not. And this doesn't, by the way, I should say as a disclaimer, and not to send any hate to this this account because it's actually a parody account. It's, it mm. makes very clear in its name, it's it's a it's a fake Keanu. So it doesn't it doesn't hide behind that fact. But yeah, it's it's interesting how those things just look so real. But there are some current limitations with deep fakes. Down mm. a couple of things. Um, if say for instance you're talking straight at me, face on profile. That that can be almost you can't discern reality from fake, but as I'm talking and and the AI is generating my facial muscles or it's replicating what he thinks is is reality. If I move my head left or right, it breaks the illusion. It can't yeah. for some reason it can't keep the structure of the face on the left or the right profile in real time. So it sounds a bit like when you use a Snapchat filter because it's designed to okay cover the front of your face. Yeah, but yeah, if you yeah. slightly move. You can it breaks of, it in the pixels. I mean, it's not as good as deep fake, but it breaks. And you it's that see. concept. Yeah. But I mean, if that's the only limitation, they're not far off nailing full real-time rendering of uh, of this image. And it's 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 only going to be a matter of months, if not well years, if not months, before they they get a full deep fake in yeah. real time. And that's in itself quite quite scary. Um. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's an interesting one. And if you look at the law, well, in 2002, the BBC reported a planned new law which will make sharing uh, pornographic deepfakes without consent a crime in England and Wales. Yeah. Planning to. So currently, people can take the image of someone else, make them do whatever they want, not in reality, of course, but look like they're doing whatever they want, slap a, f- a face on someone doing something. And at the moment, that's okay. I mean, if anyone wants to wants to do that with my face, just I mean, make sure. It's too late, Dan. I've a, done it. Oh fuck! Yeah. Did you put me on a buff bloke? Uh, yes. Oh, that's, that's right. I, I was going. I go with real life here. So I'm, I'm chubby fat man. So 
Now that was going with um, True to Life Adonis. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, as it stands, it's not illegal to create a deep fake video. Um, and we see, of course, those who are celebrity status, celebrity, inverted commas, um, most affected. I think that for me, that's that's a significant shortfall, not just in technology, but also in in legalities, because at the moment, technology is going so fast that we're not able able to keep up with it. Mm. And I guess that's underpinning everything that we talk about in today's episode is do we really know what we are doing and what the dangers are to ourselves and are we protecting ourselves enough? Um, as you say at the end of the show, you'll, you'll share some um, public service announcements. Mm, some pointers. And I guess to that point, it's probably time to talk about some chat GPT, right? Oh yeah, 100%. So Dan, what's chat GPT? It literally is. It's like a chat room, isn't it? Chatbot. Yeah. It's like a chatbot. So, I mean, you gave me the link. I logged in. And you can ask it to write literally anything. So, you know, at the start, that whole segment that I read out, I asked ChatGPT to create that, create that for me. It took a little bit of joy out of it because yeah. it was that easy. So why would I use it? But then it becomes a problem because then you've got people at university and I don't endorse this because when yeah. we were at university, you know, we wrote our dissertations, we did our 10,000 words. We did our time. You know, we got books, we cross-referenced and we did all the X, Y and Z. It's that easy. Students can access it, get them to write their essay and then all they've got to do is, I don't know. Just top and tail or add some bits. Because I know... Some universities have this problem where it goes through like a scanning solution now, doesn't it? And it can sort of yeah. pick out anything that's been um, copied. Yeah, plagiarised. Plagiarised. It's hard to pick up. It is. Um, because with ChatGPT, and that's just one example that's with OpenAI is the company that does it, and you've got to create an account to log in. Yeah. So some questionable aspects about what data you're giving them. But anyway, um, you can you can say anything. So conversationally, you can say, Ah, do a this or that on A, B, and C in this style, and it'll take a couple of seconds, and it'll start typing, and it'll type it out. Now, as an example, Dan, perfectly valid, you churned out a, a really good opening introduction and episode description yeah. of this one, which I think is a perfect example of how that could be used. I did a post for Twitter as well. Um, ah, right. So this will go out with the episode. Yeah. With a disclaimer that it's not us. Mm. So I said, can you write a short Twitter post about the dead internet for a podcast? And it said, it literally came back within seconds. Is the hashtag dead internet theory fact or fiction? Join us on our latest podcast episode as we discuss the potential consequences of a world without internet. From social networks to business and communication, we'll explore the impact of a dead internet. Now I did a try I did try and attempt to do it for Facebook and Instagram as well, but the posts were quite long winded, so right. I'm not gonna bother chucking that out there. Because the whole idea of marketing and getting people to dive into an episode, you need to make it short and punchy. You do. No one's gonna sit there and read a two minute paragraph about what we were up to. But perhaps for next time you can say to chat GPT, do a short description yeah and and refine it and this is and it will do that and i guess that's my point um 
on my example, and I haven't shared this with Dan, so this is a bit of Alex Alex story time. Listener. Um Put up a chair, get your blanket round, cup of hot hot cocoa or tea, uh, your your comfy slippers. Uh, as I regale you with a tale, Dan, and a listener of Alex and Dan, the podcasters who live in South Sea and Portsmouth. Oh, I can't wait. Now, I said to ChatGPT, write a story about Alex and Dan who hate seagulls, cool shite hawks, <laughs> and how they fight them. Oh, wow. So this is the story from ChatGPT about Alex and Dan. And it starts with this. Alex and Dan were two podcasters who'd grown up in the coastal town of South Sea. I mean, that's an assumption there because I didn't, but you did. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they loved living by the sea, which was true, with its abrasing salty air and picturesque views. However, there's one thing they couldn't stand. The seagulls. Fucking seagulls. Locally known as the shite hawks, these birds were enormous and incredibly noisy. Their cries could be heard all across town and they had a habit of swooping down and stealing people's food. That sounds very true, although don't hear about that so much down on this end of the coast, maybe more sort of Plymouth, Cornwall. Dorset, Devon, yeah. Now one day, Alex and Dan had had enough. True enough. They decided to take matters into their own hands and set out to rid the town of the pesky seagulls. Armed with brooms and buckets of water, they marched down to the beach where the seagulls were known to congregate. At first, the shite hawks didn't seem to notice the two podcasters. But as they got closer, the birds began to take notice. Soon, the seagulls were circling above Alex and Dan, their wings flapping in the wind. Undeterred, the two podcasters swung their brooms, attempting to bat the seagulls away. But the shite hawks were too fast and too strong. Oh, shit. Alex and, this is good, isn't it? Alex and Dan soon found themselves surrounded by a sea of feathers and beaks. Now, just when it seemed like all was lost, a group of, a group of local fishermen appeared on the scene. They had heard the commotion and came to lend a hand. Armed with nets and fishing poles, they quickly got to work. Now, together, Alex, Dan and the fishermen fought off the shite hawks. They chased the birds away from the town and into the open sea. Exhausted and, but triumphant, the two podcasters collapsed on the sand. From that day on, the town of South Sea was a quieter and more peaceful place. The seagulls were being vanquished and Alex and Dan were hailed as heroes. They even did a podcast episode about their epic battle, sharing their tale of bravery and determination with listeners all around the world. Two thoughts. Firstly, we don't have sandy beaches down here on South Sea. We have pebbles. A, nah, we have a bit near uh, the true, coffee cup, halfway along the beach, but true enough, the majority is yes. And the second one is... Are we going to pitch that to someone to make a short film? Because that would be incredible. That's a bloody awesome story there. <laughs> and literally, listener and Dan, all I said was write a short story about Alex and Dan, who are podcasters, who live in South Sea, Portsmouth, who hate seagulls, cool shyhawks. That's all I said. So never, I never asked it to describe about the beach. I never asked it to describe about these amazing fishermen who came to our, our, our rescue. Nothing about that at all. And it came up with that in a matter of, what, 45, 50 seconds. It's a little bit longer than usual because mm. it had to create the content and the story and then to type it out. But it did all that with very minimal input. And I guess for me, that's that's where you, you've really got to ask, what's the value of it? And to your point, Dan, mm. we could very easily go, right, um, we're just going to get AI to churn out our content or to save us some time and that that is humorous and yeah it's, it's it's a brilliant piece of written work written inverted commas 
but who's benefiting from that? I didn't put any of my heart, my soul, my my charisma. Arguably, I have any, but I didn't put anything of it into me. Mm. So we may get applauded, but I didn't put anything of my creative influence into that. No, and it, in its truest sense, it's soulless. And that that leaves me a little bit uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's people could pass, and they do pass off these things as their own stuff but there was no human intervention apart from the concept yeah the execution was done the number of words perfectly done and it's learning by the way so I I gave it feedback at the end and said that was great it's gone brilliant that's a great story so next time someone asks me to write a short story I'm going to use something like that yeah and this is where I don't think we are smart enough at the moment to know what to do with the technology and I messaged you whilst I was actually in Rome, I think we'd stopped off for a break uh, on the Segway. And um, I shared with you something, I think, on there. And it's that Italy has actually, or they are looking to ban ChatGPT. It doesn't surprise me. Because they don't know what it does or how it's going to impact society. Uh, It waters down the the human creativity aspect. But they also are worried about knowing the validity of things in in academia, as you say. Mm they find it very difficult to actually stop from people from using it as a shortcut means. Yeah. I mean, ironically, I was in the in the kitchen with your wife just sort of talking about what? marketing. Oh. Yeah, you were setting up. It's fine. Oh, okay. we're, we're up to no good. You know, what? We're, we're well behaved. Okay. So we were talking about marketing mm. and, you know, the fact that she said that she knew someone that sort of has concerns around AI and its use in marketing. But it's like I say, it becomes lifeless. If you've got a brand, an organisation, you've got a specific brand, you start using AI, it sort of takes away that person ability. Yeah. I wouldn't use it. Certainly, I mean, I, I do all of our social media myself. Everything I write is creative. It comes from the heart. Mm. Sometimes I might struggle with it, but if I can't figure it out, I'll go back to it later when I suddenly get like a light bulb moment. Going, yeah. Right, Fresh that's it. Fresh perspective. Or I'll get my missus to help me because she works in marketing at the university. But I just couldn't imagine putting something out so generic. Yeah. And the challenge is, at some point, we won't know what is generic and what is unique. Mm. And this leads us on to the inversion point. Oh, here we go. It sounds like um, something from the comics. Yeah, it does. Well, specifically... The inversion point is an interesting scenario. So currently we or Google specifically say that they can currently identify AI content as it's, as they think at the moment, the minority of all the stuff that's on the internet. So look, all the stuff that's being created, there's typos here, there is um, certain creative tells in human beings, and that's the baseline. And then anything that's perfect or isn't that creative or is standard, soulless, they'll go, that's AI. And they've got their own AI to sniff out and make certain things flag that's valid or invalid. But that's when you get the majority of users and the content human. Yeah. The inversion point is the flip side. So when AI content either users or what they're creating is the majority, that AI will no longer sniff out 
AI content because the new baseline will be AI. It will sniff out human content and it will see that as the minority and go, mm. that's not real. AI content is because that's the majority. And guess what the algorithms do? They play up more of the AI content yeah. and filter out the human. And this is the inversion point. It's the tipping point between where it can accurately identify AI versus human created content. Um, and if you then multiply that with bots, bot comments and bot influencers, again, in inversion comments, you can't see me, listener, it becomes even worse and compounded mm. and, 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 and filtered. And what we are creating becomes lesser so in the grander scheme and noise of the AI stuff. Um, now there are fears of the inversion that they may be exaggerated but as you said at the beginning of uh, the episode there are aspects of the truth in that so we're not saying that actually none of what you see on the internet is real of course it is and we can see people we don't think they're deep fakes you know on um, cams and the rest of it on YouTube and creating content but there are things out there that actually are not real they're generated voices they are deep fakes they are chat gpt articles there are stuff out there that isn't real um there's a report by a company called imperva last year that found that nearly a quarter of all online traffic apparently is attributable to bad bots or bots that spread malicious attacks like web scraping competitive data mining personal financial data harvesting brute force logic or logins digital ad fraud, spam, transaction fraud, and more. So that's just the stuff they know about, and they think it's a quarter. So already you've got a range of different numbers floating around, 70%, 30%, 25%, but there is a consensus that there is a large enough number for us to be starting. I would say go grab your pitchforks and let's burn the internet and throw your laptops out the window and let's go back to, to, to carrier pigeons. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there must be something in this. Mm. And I guess it's it's incumbent upon all of us to try and to understand how we can use these tools to better ourselves, to yeah. augment, I guess is the term I'm looking for, augment the human creativity to make things simpler for us, but not to replace us. Yeah. But therein lies a challenge. How do you identify what you're consuming online is real? And are we well equipped to understand and to identify? And I, I, I don't know, Dan. Well, it's a good job I got three little tips. Ooh, 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 ooh. So we've got through this episode, and we're probably wondering, well, how do we see what's real, what's fake? How do we stay safe on the internet? Yes. One you can use reverse image search. So this is very catfish. This is what they do on catfish, Neve, Max, and whoever, you know, to see who... I've never seen a catfish episode, have I? Catfish. No, I understand the concept. It used to be on MTV, is that right? Yeah, yeah. still is. Okay. Still is. Um, but I understand the, kind of what the, the premise is. You should probably watch the, the film first. So basically it was about Neve Shulman, and he is basically on an online relationship, and what he's being fed is fake. Right. So the pictures that she's sending isn't actually her, it's someone else. She's just gone to someone's Facebook profile and just, you know, taking these pictures off. So the whole point of the re reverse image search is that it will allow you to see if it's real or not. Right. I mean, it might be real, but it might identify that it's someone else. Oh, so it'll tell you where the source material originally came from, perhaps? Precisely. Ah, okay. 
So use tools like Google's reverse image search to find the origin of an image and see if it has been manipulated or repurposed. Ah. Very clever stuff. Number two, fact-checking sites. Reputable, reputable sites like Snopes and factcheck.org can help you confirm the authenticity of a story or an image. Okay. So, you know, if you get any more pictures of Boris getting arrested, could be real, but if you're not sure, go do your checks. That's a good shout. And three, which is a good one, cross-reference. Check multiple sources and compare their coverage to determine the credibility of the information being presented. So don't just rely on your social medias. Good lesson for life. Look at things like your local news outlets. So, I mean, I use BBC a lot. If you're still unsure, you've got Sky and so on. So, three um, good tips there. So if you're ever unsure, use those. Stay safe. Look after yourself. And just... You know, make sure it's real or fake. Yeah, but but I guess always question. I guess and that's and that's not a new concept. But I guess overall, what we're saying is these tools. We don't quite know yet how they're going to influence our day to day. They can either help or they can hinder. And I guess it's it's for us to to make sure we're always challenging what we're reading, what we're seeing, and questioning the value of it. Mm. Um. Because no doubt these tools can help us do certain things, notwithstanding speaking to your dead loved ones. I don't quite know about that. No. Um, but perhaps to save time or to help the creative process, perhaps. Um, but yeah, there there are other, other obvious ways of manipulating us to perhaps buy products or to be yeah. influenced and, I guess, do some safe, safe internet browsing and and always question got the power of knowledge in your hand all the time so you know I'm, I'm waving my mobile phone around so if you get fed something through a notification and you're not sure just do those checks question everything I suppose is yeah. what you're trying to say very good, good. Stuff. what an episode yes very informative but I think it's um it's, it's very on topical at the moment and it's it's everywhere so yeah uh, an interesting one but Guys, if you um, if you want to learn any more about um, dead internet, uh, deep fakes, chat GPT, have a look around. Ironically, there's an awful lot on the internet that you there can is. read on it, and there's lots of people questioning um, what's out there. So do some reading. Don't just take our word for it, although I like to think we're semi-reputable. Mm. Um, but yeah, go have a read and go uh, go engage in the content because um, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. It is, and this has certainly been educational from this episode itself yeah. I've really enjoyed it been a good one really has but um, yeah we've got uh, other episodes in the pipeline we have hopefully we've got a couple of guests coming on soon we do just trying to tie up dates with them um, they haven't come back to me yet but we've sent a couple of dates out to some people and hopefully we'll have some local businesses on. Yes. As always, we're always interested to hear their stories and uh, see where they've started, get to know them as people. Um, two very good local businesses, might I add. Mm. Looking forward to that. Yep. John Wick 4. Yeah, we'll get out to the cinema and do a review. That. But um been out for a couple of weeks now, so it's about time we go out, do it on the go and do a review. So mm. looking forward to uh, covering that one. So if uh, any of you have seen it... Um, Get in contact, let us know your thoughts and feelings on it. 
Uh, it's had some good reviews. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're a fan of Keanu anyway. Deep faker otherwise. There is a, a review from John Wick 3, I believe, all the way back in the weekly roundup days. It is. That's That was good fun. Uh, how to get killed by a horse. It was. I yes. Very good. And we've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming up in May. I know you're not particularly a massive fan. But no, but it's, it's the last of James Gunn. So um, let's see how that swan song plays out. But I think we've got plenty to come up. We'll be celebrating our fifth birthday. We will be going to the pub, no doubt. Um, not fighting um, scouts this time. Oh, no. Maybe. But uh, otherwise still enjoying a, a beverage in a noisy pub to celebrate our fifth birthday. I've been practising my windmill punches just in Good. case. Yeah. You never know. You for never a know. These scouts are well equipped for taking Danzilla down. But but otherwise we've got to fight some um, some shite hawks. So yeah. yeah, fun times. Well, if you want to get in touch, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and TikTok. Apparently, at on the topic pod, we have got email, which is on the topic podcast at gmail dot com. And Alex, we've got WordPress and YouTube. We have, yeah. WordPress is, uh, I guess, for intents and purposes, our website. So go have a look on topicpodcast.wordpress.com. It's got all of our content on there. So our ugly marks, our bios. Uh, you've got affiliate content websites. Uh, Morbid and Mundane do some phenomenal t-shirts, uh, hoodies and beanies. Uh, we've got our whole back catalogue. So everything that we've possibly done is all in one place. And our newsletter, so you can sign up and be notified when a new episode drops. Now, But if that wasn't enough, we are slowly but surely doing our whole back catalogue on YouTube. So there's literally mm. no excuse not to, um, to, to subscribe and to listen to us. And our handle on YouTube is at O-T-T-G-I-T-S which is O-T-T get in the sea love it you're telling us to get into the sea yes indeed um, but yeah uh, there's there's no reason not to um, to follow us and to be notified when a new episode drops no catching up on YouTube which is quite nearly fun. there nearly there two episodes a week and at some point we'll be on par and we'll be dropping a new episode on a Friday on YouTube as well as all our own platforms. It's amazing stuff. It really is. Well, that's it, Alex. It is. That rounds up for another week. I'm going to go learn how to deep fake Keanu Reeves onto my face. Mm. Uh, I've been Dan. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to go and grab a broom and a bucket of water and go down to the seafront to fight some shite hawks. I'm Alex. And we'll see you next time. 